Hello, Bill Lytell again with some wisdom for your walk. Thank you for listening to these. Spread them around, share them with folks. They don't do any good sitting on this device. Hopefully they'll help people. They're short, precise, to the point, and based on biblical common sense and uh, the Word of God. If anything I say on this is wrong, I would to God he'd erase it from everybody's mind. I sure don't want to lead anybody astray. I've been meditating on the three Hebrew boys again. That's found in Daniel chapter 3. Most of you understand the story. These three Hebrew men defied Nebuchadnezzar's order to worship the image he had made. Uh, He cornered them, gave them a chance to back off of that decision and uh, go ahead and worship it. Or if they didn't, take the consequence of being thrown into a fiery furnace, uh, alive, by the way, into that furnace. It's interesting the answer they gave. It's always interested me how God's people react in time of crisis. And you know, you and I are going to have times of crisis. And how will we react? And I think be prepared is a way to go on that, to think about it before it happens. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 18, they said, but they said, well, if God you know, delivers us, fine. But they said, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. It's interesting to me there, uh, there was a couple things and a couple thought areas that we need to talk about. First of all, defying authority. People come to me lately and say, when can we defy authority? Well, you can defy authority when it defies God. Obviously, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, you, you know, worshiping another god is wrong. God's against it. And so these Hebrew boys were willing to defy uh, the authority over them. And in no way was it a violation of biblical command to obey authorities. Romans chapter 13 says, Obey them that rule over you. And that's all true. But it must be balanced, I believe, with Acts 5, where Peter said, you, you decide whether to obey God or man is the best. Okay, obeying God over man is always our choice. Always. But you also must be willing to get your, uh, if I may say it this way, get your hiney kicked a little bit because the authority does not bear the sword in vain, Romans 13. And they'll whip you, and God will let you get whipped, just like he let his boys get whipped in the book of Acts. You know, I think uh, Silas and Paul found themselves in prison with their backs lacerated in a bunch of rats and bacteria-infested prisons singing at midnight the praises of God. That was the way he treated his, his precious children. Now, you know, I want, you want you to get something really straight here. We live in a cushioned, um, if I may say, maybe some of the easiest times for born-again believers to live since uh, Jesus went up in Acts chapter 1, verse 11. I mean, it has been, because, because America, the anomaly of America being formed and founded as a Christian nation based on Christ in the Bible, not a Muhammad nation, not a Muslim nation, not a Buddha nation, not a generic God nation, not a spirit in the sky Indian nation, but a nation founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an old boy who wrote a book, uh, named Barton, lawyer, uh, wrote on the book, The Heritage of America, American Heritage. Uh, you need to read it. 
and he'll prove to you absolutely unequivocally beyond a shadow of a doubt that America is founded on the Lord Jesus Christ and the old King James Bible. And that's where we're at, by the way. And so these Hebrew boys were willing to defy authority. They didn't take it lightly. They knew that very likely they were going to be tied up, thrown in uh, this uh, fiery furnace alive. Nobody looked forward to that. And uh, die for the sake of what they believed. Because uh, they said, well, God could deliver us, but if he doesn't deliver us, I want you to know, King, that we're not going to serve you no matter what. We're going to, go. We're going to obey God over man. Now, that doesn't happen very often in life, and you want to be careful how you, how you wheel that around, how you wheel that gun. Because it's rare, at least in our society, that you are put in a position where you would have to disobey God to obey man. Now, once in a while, I've been in that position. I had a job for three years at Mayfield's Carpets. I had passed the gospel track out after I finished my job. I made it clear to the customer this was not Mayfield's opinion. This was mine as an individual. I'd usually been at the house ten anywhere from four to ten hours and gotten to know the people pretty well installing the carpet and materials that I had. So I thought at the end, I better give a good witness for Christ. I usually gave them a, this was your life, chick track. Did it for three years, no complaint. Was one of their better mechanics, uh, at least according to the manager. And so one day I was called into the uh, Big Shots office, and he said, uh, have you been passing out gospel tracks? I said, oh, yes, it's not a secret. I've been passing out these tracks after I get done with the job in my name, not in your name. Well, we had one woman complain that she was offended by that. And I said, you've had one woman. Is this the first woman you've ever had complain? He said, yes, it's the first woman I've ever had complain. I said, so in three years, I mean, working five days a week, you've had one woman complain about the gospel track I gave her. Are you a Christian? He says, well, I'm Episcopalian. Of course I'm a Christian. Of course, you know better than that. I said, well, at least you claim to be a Christian. You know Christian ethics. Uh, you should be happy that I'm representing the gospel of these people. He said, no, I'm not. Uh, we, can't, we shouldn't mix business and religion. Now, that's a statement from hell. I've heard it my whole life. Do not mix religion and politics. Excuse me. Don't talk about religion and politics. That's what I meant to say. And so, and, or don't mix religion in your business. And so those are from hell. That's not Bible at all. Christ is supposed to permeate our whole life in every area of our lives. There's no area forbidden for God to get in. But you want to be you don't want to be obnoxious and you don't want to be rude to people, but you just want to be honest with them and humble. The Christ is your Savior. The most important thing ever happened to you is getting born from above. And it is. So these he going back to these Hebrew boys, but if not, I like that. What is what does that teach us? That teaches us that no matter what happens in life, no matter what crisis comes across your plate or your life, you just got to trust God for the outcome. You pray and pray and fast and pray and ask God to you know, help you. You may have a sick child. Lord, save this child. Save this child. Please, Lord, you may fast seven days, eight days, 30 days, uh, and ask God to save the child. The child dies. Don't be mad at God. Don't go around saying, God, didn't answer prayer. The Bible isn't true because he said, whatsoever you shall ask of my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You can quote those verses to God. They're in the Bible. But every one of those prayer verses are underlined, is it in the will of God? If something's not in the will of God, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. 
You and I don't command God. We've got no license to command God, in spite of what the Pentecostal preachers want to tell you, that you can take his word and you can quote it to him and you can demand he do it the way you want it done. We're too small. We're too little. We don't understand the big picture. And in his wisdom, he does what's right. We believe our God's good. Amen. You believe he's a good God, fair God, honest God. And so you go to God in faith, believing he's good and he knows best for you because uh, that's what the Bible says about him. And so in everything that goes on, you say, Lord, please do this. Please help me. But if not, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to I'm still going to rely on you. I'm still going to believe you're good because you are. You're unchangeable and you change not. Same yesterday, today, and forever, according to Hebrews chapter 13. So, I take you back to this because you're going to be tested in this area, I guarantee you. Uh, There's going to be a time come, a crisis come, and you're going to cry out to God, claim these verses, claim the Bible, do all of that, go ahead. But if not, if it's not God's will that that outcome go that way, just do the Hebrew boy said, look, whatever God does, whether he frees us right now with a miracle or whether he lets us burn up in that furnace, we know he's going to take care of us and we trust him and we are not going to violate his word. We're not going to do something wicked. We're not going to worship your God no matter what happens. I hope this helps you some. It's some wisdom for your walk, but for sure, review that passage in Daniel 3, meditate over it. It'll help you in a time of crisis, which, by the way, probably happens to everybody that ever took a breath. May God bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, give you peace. Wisdom for your walk, Bill Lightsell.